Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let the whole earth stand in awe of him. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life. To the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 97 and 99. The Lord is King, the earth may be glad thereof. Yea, the multitude of the isles may be glad thereof. Clouds and darkness are round about him. Righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his seat. There shall go a fire before him and burn up his enemies on every side. His lightnings gave shine unto the world. The earth saw it and was afraid. The hills melted like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens have declared his righteousness and all the peoples have seen his glory. Confounded be all they that worship carved images and that delight in vain gods. Worship him, all ye gods. Sion heard of it and rejoiced, and the daughters of Judah were glad because of thy judgments, O Lord. For thou, Lord, art higher than all that are in the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. O ye that love the Lord, see that ye hate the thing which is evil. The Lord preserveth the souls of his saints. He shall deliver them from the hand of the ungodly. There is sprung up a light for the righteous and joyful gladness for such as are true hearted. Rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous, and give thanks for a remembrance of his holiness. The Lord is king, be the people never so impatient. He sitteth upon the cherubim, be the earth never so unquiet. The Lord is great in Sion and high above all people. They shall give thanks unto thy name, which is great, wonderful, and holy. The king's power loveth judgment. Thou hast prepared equity. Thou hast executed judgment and righteousness in Jacob. O magnify the Lord our God, 
and fall down before his footstool, for he is holy. Moses and Aaron among his priests, and Samuel among such as call upon his name. These called upon the name of the Lord, and he heard them. He spake unto them out of the cloudy pillar, for they kept his testimonies and the law that he gave them. Thou heardest them, O Lord our God. Thou forgavest them, O God, though thou didst punish their wicked doings. O magnify the Lord our God, and worship him upon his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 19th verse, 19th chapter of the first book of Kings. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life, and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die, and said, It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Then, as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a still small voice. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the fourth chapter of the second 
letter of Paul to the Corinthians. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness and make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O God, who on the mount didst reveal to chosen witnesses thine only begotten Son, wonderfully transfigured in raiment white and glistering, mercifully grant that we, being delivered from the disquietude of this world, may be permitted to behold the King in his beauty, who with thee, O Father, and thee, O Holy Ghost, liveth and reigneth, one God, world without end. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord. And by thy great mercy, defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Good evening to all. Uh, tonight is the eve of the Feast of the Transfiguration. Um, uh, we'll go on to continue to have lessons focused on this event um, from the gospel uh, tomorrow at morning and evening prayer, and then um, as well on Sunday, where we transferred the feast to uh, the Mass on Sunday. And so we'll get the, the Mass lessons for that. Um, and so uh, we'll be thinking about this over the next couple of days. Uh, so the Transfiguration uh, begins tonight with a um, with the Psalms, which is always where we begin. Um, Psalm 97 and 99 are both, um, they have a parallelism in their first lines, uh, that the, asserting the kingship of God uh, despite the disquietude of the world. Um, and in 97 and 99, we get two different inflections of this concept and the reasons behind it. Um, particularly, we get this idea of in 97, um, it's the, the, we see the kingship of the Lord asserted over the pretensions of all uh, false gods. Um, and those are both um, all, you know, sort of powers of the air, to use a, to borrow a phrase from St. Paul, and then also all the vain carved images uh, that uh, we make for ourselves. And so, uh, it, it encompasses together all the all the things that um, would that would that are that become would be pretenders uh, to replace God on His throne, or or who sort of have the pretense of doing so. Um, Ninety seven has a wonderful phrase that um, that doesn't really translate into the English, but um, it's a it's kind of meant to be a kind of biting satirical phrase um, that the Hebrew poetry often uses. Um, it's it's this word that um, draws on this fundamental word for God but then uses it and, and coins this term called the ungod. And then whenever you see the word idol um, put in the in the Psalms, especially, you'll, it'll often be a translation of this word. Idol isn't just a kind of, you know, an image of a god. It is an ungod, a sort of an antithesis to God. Um, and it is a, and because of this, it is an antithesis of everything that God is and does and stands for and means. Um, and so this is the great uh, horror of idolatry and why the first two commandments uh, strictly prohibit it, um, because um, to to uh, pretend as though one can replace God ends up wrecking the equilibrium and harmony of all of life. Um, there is no uh, moving of the place of God, and to attempt to do so ends up dashing to pieces the thing that attempts to do it. Um, and most of creation, thankfully, doesn't try to do that. Uh, but we are, um, as it turns out, one of those creatures that has the potential to try um, to our own disaster. This is the point of Psalm 99, um, is that whereas in the first one you have the psalmist critiquing all the ungods, uh, those things that uh, try to become God and ultimately always fail, uh, in 99 we get the disquietude of humanity, of the disquietude of the nations. The people are never so unquiet, and the and the earth, as a consequence, is also um, in disquietude as well. Um, there's uh, in the second one we we see the real sort of source behind this is that um, while there is a kind of um, while there are other things in God's cosmos that attempt to you know have attempted to uh, vaunt themselves above their station, so humanity. Uh, constantly attempts to do this as well. And uh, their own disquietude is the result of them not being turned entirely uh, to um, to sort of to toward God and not being single mindedly and with a pure heart, um, faithful and trusting in God as he is and as he has revealed himself through his Torah to the to the Israelites. And so as we pick that pick that thread up, that kind of combo of things of this uh, this permanent kingship of God against the kind of raging and disquietude of things that try to be 
God on his throne. Um, we then move into our, our sort of our first reading from uh, from First Kings 19. Um, for those who haven't can't remember the story, uh, Elijah has just slaughtered all the prophets of Baal um, on, on Mount Carmel after after shaming them and their false god, their ungod. Um, and as a result of this, Jezebel uh, the, and Ahab, the wicked rulers um, of Israel, have, have vowed revenge against against him for this. And he goes out to the mountain very much in homage to like Moses going to Mount Sinai. He goes out to Mount Hermon and uh, is sustained through the wilderness for 40 days, much like the Israelites leaving Egypt, is delivered and then goes to the mountain and communes with God on the mountain and receives the word of the Lord, uh, sort of situating him in the, in the place of Moses as the arch prophet. And so you'll have, we have in the background of our minds, Moses receiving the Ten Commandments and the law from God, and now Elijah on the mountain receiving this prophetic word about the judgment coming to Israel and its wicked rulers. And together these form these sort of types that then we'll see fulfilled in the event of the transfiguration itself as Jesus um, is revealed in his glory to be the one that they are talking to on the mountain, that Elijah and Moses, when they are on the mountain talking to God, they are talking to Christ, they are talking to Jesus. Um, and this, and in the, in the gospel, in the incarnation, we get to see what Moses and Elijah only hoped to see in their encounters with God on the mountain in their own lives, which was the, they, they, became, they beheld the kind of shaking, mountain shaking, mountain melting glory of God. And whereas now in their in their own sort of uh, perfection, they see God face to face. And this is the great privilege and the great astonishing news of the gospel is that the God, this the, the great God above all things, whose kingship over the cosmos is permanent, has been revealed to us definitively in the face and person of Jesus Christ. That to look in the face of Jesus is to see the God of the cosmos and to know all that there is to know about him. This is why we continually come back to this and why St. Paul exhorts us in, his, in the lesson from, uh, from 2 Corinthians tonight, that in the face of Jesus is the last word on who God is. It is, he is the image of the invisible God. In the face of Christ is the fullness of the glory of God. And that to see him face to face is to, is to be, uh, is to sort of where all things end, all possible inquiry, all possible philosophizing, all possible theologizing, ends when we look into the eyes of Christ, when we see him face to face. It's worth noting, of course, uh, as, we, as we sort of play with this idea of seeing God face to face, which is a fact now that, that is the destiny of all of us, you know, uh, in, on, the, on the path of salvation, um, that in the, the sort of, in the world of the gospel to you know, the word for face and the word for sort of being a person and having the integrity of our personhood was the same, really this kind of the same word. And so it was, the, it was sort of this idea that to see God face to face is to not only see him as he really is, but to be as the viewer of that face, who we really are. And it's for this reason that we continually come back Sunday after Sunday to receive Christ in the gospel, to receive him in the sacrament. It is to be oriented again, to behold Jesus, to welcome him as he is, because to welcome him as he is, is to know God, and it is to become what we really are. And so we enter our, our celebration of the transfiguration with this, this manifestation of Christ in his glory, because as he, uh, as he reveals uh, to us who he is in his, the fullness of his glory, so it brings us uh, to bear on the kind of destiny of what we will. We get a taste of what we are destined to be as Christians, as his followers and as the children of God. Um, his glory, and that is our humanity brought into divinity, 
is the destiny of, of who we are become, destined to become. We are to become like him. And as he appears to us in his fullness, so it makes us appear to him in our fullness. He knows us as we really are. And when we get to see glimpses of him like this in the scriptures as he really is, it, it draws out that thing that we are all that we are all becoming. And so we celebrate that in the feast um, and, and, and it draws to us the importance of encountering Christ again and again in our prayer together. So. Continuing with our intercession on page 590. Let us pray. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining in tonight. Thanks to Aaliyah, my co-leader. Hope you all have a wonderful start to your weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Have a great night, everybody. Yeah, have a good Friday night.